Um, that's really hard to say. Um, this is the one that I didn't, I didn't think all the way through. Um, man. The good news is we're going to edit this, so like this okay. whole gap will <laughs> just cut it out. Um, Welcome to the 918 Podcast, where we celebrate the people and places of Tulsa, Oklahoma. On today's episode, we get to hear from Dustin Curzon, the executive director of 36 Degrees North. He sits down with Reverend Aaron Tiger on location at 36 Degrees North, which is located in the heart of the Brady Arts District. Well, let's get this started by finding out about 36 Degrees North and what it really is. What is 36 Degrees North? So 36 Degrees North is, we call it Tulsa's base camp for entrepreneurs. Um, so we are a physical space down in the Brady Arts District where um, anyone who is, is interested in starting a business or has a business and wants to grow it or wants to be around people or work for a startup or, or support startups, um, you can come here. And it's just a community of, of folks who um, believe in entrepreneurship uh, and want to see that succeed in Tulsa. 36 Degrees North has been around since about mid-January of 2016. It already has 100 members and is providing a space for entrepreneurs to get together and discuss their challenges and celebrations and get some advice, you know, all the things that one would need when starting a new business, which all sounds great, but what does 36 Degrees North mean? Why the name? Uh, so 36 Degrees is the latitude line that goes through Tulsa. So the railroad tracks are right over here. It goes right down that railroad okay. line. Um, and we wanted a name that referenced a physical place, uh, hmm. that, that we're not just a, a group or an organization um, like Cultivate 918. Um, you know, One Million Cups is an event, Cultivate 918 is a group, and then we're a, we're a physical space. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a big part of who our identity, so we wanted okay. that. Okay, that makes sense. I like it. I even learned how to type it on my keyboard, thanks to Dustin. For Mac users, it's Option Shift 8, and for PC users, it's Alt 0176 on the numeric keypad. <laughs> so we know what it is, we know what it means, and we know how to type it, but how about, where did it come from? Why, why is it here? The great thing about 36 Degrees North is that it was the community drove it to existence. Um, so we didn't just build this thing thinking like, oh, we don't know if anyone really needs this. There was this this really swelling of the, the entrepreneurial community happening through things like um, One Million Cups, uh, the weekly entrepreneurial event where people were coming to get together and, and hear about different companies. Then out of that developed Cultivate 918, which was a monthly evening time kind of networking event uh, for entrepreneurs. And that really helped bring the nonprofit groups together that help entrepreneurs help kind of unify that community. Um, and so really the logical next step was for there to be a place where that could happen at scale and more frequently. So 
by making 36 degrees north, we can have all those things and they can happen all the time versus just once a week or once a month. On January 22nd of 2016, News Channel 8 Tulsa wrote a piece on 36 degrees north. And earlier, on May 21st of 2015, 36 Degrees North was featured in the Tulsa world. Reverend Aaron Tiger asked Dustin about these articles and what they do to help the entrepreneurship community. Well, that's one of the things, like, I've been sort of surprised, like, Tulsa has this reputation as being this great entrepreneurial city, especially for young entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. is that right? Yeah, it, I mean, I is think there was just an article that came out, or if it just resurfaced. That some of these resurface like every few years, but they're the same article. I don't know, but and some of those the the pieces, you know, people say like, oh, it's just a puff piece. Like, does it really matter or anything? But I think it, I think it does. I mean, I think there are, you know, we can't build our foundation on those articles or things mm-hmm. that say, hey, we're the best and the number one in country for this or whatever, because they're not. Um, in some ways, they're they're vanity pieces, but they still they help us believe. You yeah. know, we need to believe the truth about our city that like this is a great place for entrepreneurs. Um, does it have things that need to be better? Yeah, but it's still a great place. So what? Um, so it's great because of places like Thirty Six Degrees North, like One Million Cups, those other sort of stuff. Yeah. What else makes it a great place for somebody to start a business? I, I think personally the number one thing that makes it a great place for entrepreneurs is the willingness of the community and by that I mean individuals to help someone succeed. Um, so when I was starting um, my first company uh, five or six years ago that like I, I didn't know what I was doing and I would just ask people to go to coffee and meet and like everyone would do that and they would share and, and give time of like yeah let me introduce you to this person and let me help you with this and um, I know somebody who can help you with that. I mean I think that's what makes also so great is people are willing to just sit down and get back uh, yeah. which is, is huge Tulsa is great and it's a privilege to be a part of the 918 community Aaron continued talking with Dustin and they got to a topic that I found very intriguing I didn't exactly know what entrepreneurship really meant I, I, is it just an idea that can make money or, or what so well it's uh, I have a couple questions so so entrepreneurship is that is it primarily problem-solving yeah. Like, I, so the way I, I define it, which I just totally made this up, or I stole it from someone. I don't know if I did. <laughs> I'm sorry if I did. Um, that yeah, entrepreneurship is, to me, finding a creative solution for an important problem. Mm. Um, so that could be internally at an, an existing organization. It could be starting a company. It could be whatever. But that entrepreneurial thinking of like, hey, this could be better. You know, the, mm-hmm. the way we're doing this is not, not the best. Yeah. Um, that's really what. So, of course, I had to go check on that quote. I mean, it's too good not to. It turns out that Dustin might have been the first to say it, actually. I read an article from a place called M-A-R-S, Mars, uh, located in Toronto, Canada. And guess what they do? They're a physical space that brings together educators, researchers, social scientists, entrepreneurs, and business experts under one roof kind of like 36 degrees north and they used that same quote about two months ago but i think dustin can go ahead and start claiming it because i saw an article with him saying it back in 2015 so no need to be sorry it's yours man okay so what if i have a creative solution to an important problem and i'm here in tulsa how can i get onto one of those tables at 36 degrees north what do i have to do uh, so what if uh, if somebody said, boy, I'm tired of working out of my garage. I want to come to 
I want to come somewhere. 36 degrees north sounds good. What do, what do they need to do? So um, then come by. We do tours every Tuesday and Thursday at 4. Um, so you can come see the space, uh, learn more about memberships, um, and then we can, uh, we've got a membership application on our website too. Uh, so you can sign up there, uh, kind of tell us what you're working on, and, um, and we'll get you set up in the space. So it's 150 bucks a month to be a full-time member. Um, you can also do day passes and things like that, and all of our events and workshops are free and open to the public. Cool. So now that we know what we need to know about this amazing place, uh, let's just take a minute to listen to Dustin talk about his original business and how it led him here. Okay, so so tell me more about your story. So yeah. you, you mentioned you started your first company five, six years ago? Yeah, I um, uh, I worked for a number of years for uh, a photography studio here in town um, and really enjoyed that process and, and got my first taste of kind of entrepreneurship through that. It was that small business. They let me do and try anything, and it was pretty awesome to uh, just be able to say, let's try this new sales technique, or let's try this new marketing thing, or social media, or whatever. Um, and so I knew, I was like, okay, I really want to start. I did everything the wrong way. So let me preface saying that. Like, I got married six months later, quit my job, and said, I'm in this sort of tech company, not knowing anything about what that actually meant. Yeah. Um, and my first um, board member uh, and investor said, he's like, it's a good thing you, re- you don't realize how hard this is going to be because otherwise you, you would never start. And he's right. That's probably <laughs> true. Um, so um, over a, uh, the course of about a year, I um, worked with some folks in Phoenix um, and, and met some guys there that were doing some basically kind of doing like an incubator accelerator program hmm. um, and came up with this uh, idea for what would become uh, our company Narrable, um, which is an online storytelling site. Um, and really the basic idea of Narrable was a place that you could um, upload a photo and then record an audio narration about that photo as a way to preserve the, the context hmm. and the story of the, of the photo. Uh, originally focused on families and families' photos, uh, ended up pivoting into the education space because um, we had a lot of teachers um, use uh, use uh, narrable, basically as a verbal processing skill for like fifth, sixth, hmm. seventh grade. Um, so went all in that, learned all this stuff about education, had users in 80 countries, uh, teachers telling us like, hey, this is going to be perfect for preparing students for the specific speaking and listening section of the Common Core Tests. Hmm. We're like, great, let's go and do that. We'll figure out the business model. Um, turns out it's really hard to sell software in education when they have no money. <laughs> and the the little money they do have has to go towards preparing students for tests. Mm. And then the Common Core tests went away. And so basically all the districts said, nah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> We're not going to spend money on this. Um, so, you know, teachers were like, oh, yeah, we still love it. It's great. But we don't want to pay for it or we can't pay for it. Um, yeah. And and so we, we just had to kind of reevaluate, okay, what are we doing? Where are we going? Um, so it still exists. We've kind of we've revamped it um, uh, and kind of slimmed it down, taken all everything we've learned about how people interact with photos and audio, and, mm. and, and um, kind of relooking at can we target it into a specific back in the family space, mm. I like family storytelling, um, Native American groups, you know, preserving culture. Okay, so how did what happened with Narrable now that it seems to be in gear shifting mode? How did that get him? here to 36 degrees north and becoming the executive director i feel like i'm missing something um so narrable's starting to kind of run out of cash and like what are we going to do next and uh, my wife was nine months pregnant and um, we had already talked about that she wasn't going to work full time after um after we had the baby she was going to work a couple days a week and so we were going to lose 
that health insurance and so because it was in the past been no big deal because our insurance was through them and, and things like that so now it's like oh, okay what are we going to do mm-hmm. and because very quickly we're both going to basically not have a job not have income um so i knew 36 years north was kind of on the rise and so i bugged enough people uh at, at, at the foundations and said hey i would love to get involved with this and emily uh, my wife jokes about how the first time i told her she was like asking like well so what are you going to do and I was like, well heard that there's this co-working space going to open and maybe I'd like to run that and she was like oh god like fine like go find out about that and then go look for a real job um and she laughed at like okay that, I guess that is a real job um so uh yeah it just ended up being a great transition for me of the, mm-hmm. being able to already be connected in the entrepreneurial community and then just get to stay part of that um that, yeah. that community yeah um so when you look at it, when you look back mm-hmm. at that chapter, what will you what will you, what do you think about like that was a grand experiment, that was a great success, that was a disappointment, of all all of those <laughs> things? Um, no, it it I mean it definitely was like one of the best learning experiences mm-hmm. I've ever had. Um, we talked about it, it was like getting a, a very expensive MBA, <laughs> um, uh, but it was. I mean, I just learned I learned so much stuff that I never could have learned. Mm-hmm. Had I not done it, you yeah. know, I wouldn't have known like, oh, don't do it that way. You know, I had to do it the wrong way first. And and I hope that that's a value that I can pass on to people here is rather than me saying, if I was in the position that like, oh, yeah, I had this great company and I sold it and made all this money, I could tell everyone, yeah, do all this and do it right. But now I can tell people like, oh, don't do this. And believe me, like I, I, <laughs> I did it this way and it didn't, mm-hmm. work, didn't work well. And, you know. Especially when you you always hear people, but I'm different. You know, my situation is different. And I said I said the same thing, and it's not. You're mm-hmm. not any you're not any different. Um, I'm about to turn 31, and um, my friend John and I um, meet every month, and we have the saying that we want to, which I think we stole from somebody, maybe Don Miller or somebody, um, that we want to peak when we're 60. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's this idea that yeah, I have to be the best preacher right now. I have to be the best entrepreneur right now. I'm 30, like. The, if you look at like the Tim Kellers or you know these people who are like famous preachers, oh, yeah. they're like, well, when did you hear about him? Like, well, when he turned like sixty, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> you know, like you've got plenty of time to yeah. to work on this, and and in some ways we have to intentionally put the brakes on our lives, hmm. um, especially in our thirties. I think you know in our twenties it's like you can achieve all you want, and you're still not gonna you're still gonna be entry level for the most part. Um, but in your thirties, you have that first, kind of first opportunity where, like, you're in leadership. You have you can really grow and maybe advance in your career or whatever. Mm. Um, and maybe it's not best for you to advance that quickly. Maybe you're not ready for some of those things, and you need to stay where you are and learn and grow, um, and then maybe move before you're quite ready so that you can learn that. But it's just an interesting thing that you know, mm-hmm. we've been working through. Wow. I'm sitting here thinking about all the ideas that I've even had, and goodness, I gotta say, I feel inspired. We would really like to thank Dustin Curzon for talking with us and for sharing his story. We would also like to thank you for listening. The 918 Podcast is an extension of the 918.org, a writing community of contributors sharing resources about Tulsa and life and faith. This podcast is sponsored by First United Methodist Church in downtown Tulsa. It is directed and facilitated by Reverend Aaron Tiger. It's produced by me, Aaron Leatherbarrow, and our music was arranged by Jeff Logan. To close out this podcast, let's hear 
some, you know, rapid fire questions so we can learn just a little bit more before we go. Thanks again for listening to the 918 podcast, where we celebrate the people and places of Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's where we live. It's where we love. It's where we call home. All right, so here's the first one. What is your favorite word? Meh. M-E-H. Meh. It's my favorite word. Favorite word. Yeah. All right. How about your favorite sound? Um, I think my favorite sound is... <clears throat> um, I think my favorite sound is... This is going to sound so cliche, but it's, it's birds chirping. Or like the lawnmower. You know, if you're, like, you're outside and like Saturday during the day and like you just hear like a lawnmower off in the distance mm. and you hear birds, but it's like quiet and you hear like the wind going through the leaves. Like It's a pretty nice day. That's cool. That's cool. What is your favorite Tulsa event? I think Tulsa Tough is my favorite event. I, I just love... Um, it's just a weird weekend and crybaby hill is uh, a weird experience to go to but um it's just so different i don't really know much about cycling i'm not really into it that much but like it's just so fun to watch yeah yeah i haven't been to it yet but i'm i mean you have to you have to go um, yeah. don't don't take your kids to crybaby hill that's what i that's what i've been told it's yeah. you should definitely at least go to crybaby hill for like an hour and just experience it experience it yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite local place to eat um, favorite local place. I mean, the great place about this location is we are surrounded by amazing restaurants. So Chimera, um, Antoinette's. Um, I have a um, sugar cookie, frosted sugar cookie bar over there from Antoinette's that I'm going to eat right after this that I'm pumped about. So um, probably most excited about, though, is the Prairie Brew Pub opening up next door. So we share a wall, and um, Prairie and our bar are doing this partnership, um, like, brew pub restaurant that is going to be amazing that's cool i saw the new sign that they just put yeah up just went up yesterday that's pretty cool um what is uh, who is someone locally that you admire you know i um and this is a horrible uh, thing for me so someone i admire and i can't even remember her name um she runs the john hope franklin center for reconciliation um, I'll get there too. Jocelyn, Jack, Joc- Jocelyn Payne. Jocelyn Payne. I knew it was a J. Um, sorry, Dr. Payne. Um, but I heard, I heard her speak at uh, Q Commons uh, mm-hmm. this year, and I just uh, it was the, for me one of these these individuals that is like doing real work and real healing in mm-hmm. our community, um, and not. You probably don't see her on the news, or her name's you know, not in lights, but she's out there doing real work. And yeah, I think that's so cool. That is cool. Yeah, I was hearing her speak. So I should know her name. So, sorry, Dr. Payne. <laughs> um, what do you think we're missing here in the Tulsa area in the 918? Um, I think unity. Um, hmm. I mean, as much as we do have a kind of this great community, strong community, the the unity between. Um, South Tulsa and in downtown, there's a real separation mm-hmm. there. There's obviously a separation between um, uh, South Tulsa, North Tulsa, East Tulsa, West. Tulsa. I mean, you mm-hmm. have just by the very, the geographic nature of, of the town. Um, I would love to see see more unity um, through that. Uh, I just think it would be. Mm great for the city yeah well i, I interviewed ashley philipson oh yeah who's one of the co-workers here yeah uh, she's a member here and uh um and yeah talking about what they're doing with lead north and yeah yeah i mean just uh i just thought like for myself I'd, like i don't ever go to north tulsa yeah i mean this is this 
this is about as close as I get to North Tulsa typically. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, it's just totally separate. I mean, yeah, it's a totally separate place. Yeah, I, I mean, I grew up in South Broken Arrow, and like to me, 51st was North Tulsa. Like I never went north of 51st. <laughs> and then I was like, when after I came back after college, I was like, oh, there's like this older part of Tulsa. Why did I never come down here? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, you're right. Yeah, I just, I would love to challenge myself to explore more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm saying I got one of my Midtown friends hates. He doesn't ever go south. Yeah. That's there. Um, what do you consider a hidden gem in Tulsa? You know, I think, um, you know, a place that is a great place for, for families to go that is, is kind of a hidden gem is, is Guthrie Green. Mm. Um, and I know you all do um, your Easter service there, and, and there's a lot of folks who do know Guthrie Green, but there's a lot of folks who don't. Um, and it's just such a great little park, and um, I just was out there this morning with my daughter and just running around and they've got the splash pad and they do great concerts and stuff and it's just such a cool little glimpse about I think what gathering place will be and mm -hmm. you know having this this you know beautiful place where again maybe going towards unity um, and bringing having a place where all of Tulsa can come together yeah uh, and meet cool which is the hope awesome